Hi, Yael. Thank you for joining us. We're Mother Milk, and tonight we're with Yael, who's Dr. Mom. Um, and Yael, I'm so excited that you're here with us. Um, tell us a little bit about who you are, introduce yourself, what you do. Sure, great. Um, okay, so I am 35 years old. I'm a mom of three kids. Um, Gabrielle, who's 12, Alicia, who's nine, and Nitsan, who is three, all boys. And I have been divorced. So my first two kids are with my ex-husband, and my third kid is with my uh, current partner. Um, I'm a scientist by training and an educator at heart, and I really love baking pies. Yes, and you're so good at like building tables and crafts and I've seen like so many things that you've built and baked and I'm always so impressed. Yeah, we're the DIY house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, well, share your feeding experience with us. Three boys. That's, that's a lot of boys. <laughs> yeah. Also, my dog is male, so I'm really surrounded. Wow, you're surrounded. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess when I was, when I was little, I grew up, uh, like my mom would take us to the Lacia League meetings and everything. And so I grew up with this idea that breastfeeding was the most important thing. And it was super big deal. And it was a really big part of my identity. Mm. Um, and each of my three feeding experiences, with my boys were very different, just like very brief. And my first kid was very difficult and I was probably depressed and didn't know what I was doing and I didn't get support and it was, did not go well. And then sort of magically my second kid was, like I was writing my thesis while he was right after he was born and I had all this time at home and he just sort of lazed around and this idyllic feeding thing. And he was really fat. He was above the 99th percentile and he was just like, everything worked easily and he slept well and everything. And so I thought it was all me and I was trying to do what I was doing. Um, and then came my third kid and I was not expecting what ended up happening. Um, so what he happened? was born a month. Yeah. So he was born a month early. And I, at the time I was a co-founder of a startup. So I was really stressed and really stressed to get back to work and to take care of things. Um, and I started working two weeks after he was born and I would like nurse him and be working at the same time. And I got cramps in my arms and all sorts of crazy stuff. And then I started going back into the office. And so I would have somewhere between an hour to an hour and a half commute in the car. Oh, wow. Um, and so I was, and my, my partner took paternity leave. So he was with the baby and it was amazing, like from this sort of father bonding thing, but for the me and the milk and the nursing, which we never really established, I basically, I ended up pumping every minute of the day. Like I had a strap on bra and I had this adapter for my pump that I plugged into the car and I would like put it on in the morning and uh -uh, uh -uh, the whole way. And I would drive through the checkpoints, like the way I drove from my house to the office, went through the West Bank and then back into Israel. So I was always worried that they were gonna see this machine going on and these wires coming out of my shirt. <laughs> and it was just, it was like insane. And I didn't even get that much milk out. And then during the middle of the day, I would go and I would pump in what was basically the broom closet. Um, sure. And it was like, it was so stressful. And the baby was at that point in the 0.3 weight percentile. I was having nightmares that he was 
having brain damage because, you know, he wasn't getting enough nutrition. And my husband and I were fighting all the time about should we give him supplements and should we not? And then there was one day basically where he took all the milk I had pumped in an entire day and he just downed it all at once. And I was like, that's it. Wow. Wow. And I stopped pumping and I switched to formula. Um, and it was really, really hard. Yeah. I think, I think that a couple things were going on. First of all, like who I was as a mother and my identity was really connected to how I was feeding my kids. And it was easy for me to say that my first kid, okay, that was hard because it was my first kid, but now I'm an expert. Like I have three kids. I should know what I'm doing. Um, and so to give up on what I thought was what I had to be doing and to say, I can't do this or I can't do all of these things or, or whatever it was, was really like, it was a really big part of my identity. Um, and I also felt like I wasn't focused at work because I was, you know, leaving every two hours. I couldn't have a normal meeting because all the time I had to go leave and pump and I couldn't even pump gas in my car because, you know, I had like my nipples out in the car (laughs) the whole time. And yeah, it becomes very all consuming. This commitment to, to, to only provide breast milk becomes very, very all consuming, especially. Right. And it was, I can resonate with the pumping and getting very little out because that was a challenge that I had. And so then, you know, they say, well, the more you pump, the more you'll have, the more, and it just becomes like this never ending loop. Yeah. I could never figure it out. I read a million posts and blogs and all these things. She said, okay, if you just pump, if you like super pump every 20 minutes, well, I tried that and it didn't help me. And they, and then everyone started talking about some pink drink in Starbucks and well, we don't have Starbucks here, but also I really doubt that it would have helped me. And I drank black beer and I drank coconut milk and I got this incredibly expensive double pump hospital grade thing. And I felt like, and I'm a scientist. So I tried these things and I, you know, I would write down what I was doing and when I pumped and, and none of it like gave different results. And at the end of the day, when my son drank everything I pumped in one minute, it still wasn't enough for him. So he wasn't getting what he needed and I was losing my mind. Yeah. And I just felt like I didn't, I felt like I didn't have a choice like in the only way to be good for my baby. And I didn't even think I was paying attention to myself at that point. It was just like, this is, this is not supplying my baby with enough food and it's just not working right. <laughs> and he right. needs something different. Right. And then how was that transition? Did you, did you feel relieved? Did you feel, was it clear, you know, were you like, oh yes, this is, this, this feels good. No, feels I think. Right. I think that even now, I mean, he's three years old now. And if I think about it, even now I think about that time and I just feel so much, like it feels so heavy to me, mm-hmm. just even thinking about it, the whole, the whole process. I don't know if I, you know, have this like wish that I could have done something different, but the whole thing just felt so difficult and, and frustrating and hard. Yeah. 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 I hear that. I hear that. And is there one particular moment, Yael, that that has really kind of stayed with you? It could be from, you know, either from your firstborn or from this latest experience, but is there one kind of when you think about your feeding experiences, one particular moment or memory that kind of has stayed with you? Oh gosh. 
Um, I think I have like a moment for each kid. Hmm. So I think with my oldest child, I remember I had a hard time feeding him and I was, he also, he, he wasn't gaining weight, but he was still a, a lot bigger than my third kid. And I remember visiting my parents when he was about two months old. Um, and my mom started pouring cream into my breakfast cereal. And she was like, here, this will make your milk good and thick. And I thought she was insane when I still sort of think she was, but, um, it was like bizarre. And my second child was born at home by accident. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, it was insane. He was born in the dorms of the Tefan. And so eventually like the, the, whatever the, um, the Manda team, the ambulance team couldn't find us at first. So by the time they finally came and cut the cord and whatever, and then they took me out to the ambulance and the stair chair. And, and so Nitan, I always miss my kids' name. Alicia's first like feeding experience. I remember feeding him in the ambulance the whole way to the hospital and going over every single bump there was in Haifa. And I just remember like, you know, you start feeding right after uh, the baby's born and it makes your, your like uterus start cramping yeah. up and it was in the ambulance and it was just so bizarre and surreal. Oh my goodness. What an experience. And, yeah. <laughs> Wow, I wish I had a podcast to get your birthing stories because this sounds amazing. It was, my mom was there and she basically saved his life and um, <laughs> it was amazing. Wow, wow. And then, and then, and one moment or memory kind of that you have with your third, if you want to share, because you said one from each. So I remember my third kid, there was a moment when, um, what comes to mind, which isn't even maybe the biggest thing is he was like a month old and there was some startup, uh, seminar or event or something in Google campus or in Tel Aviv. And I was all dressed up and, you know, I fit back into my jeans and all this stuff. And I went and my sister came along with me to watch the baby. And he just, he was so fussy. And like I had, I spent half the time sitting out in the entryway trying to feed him. And, and it just felt like such a bizarre juxtaposition of this startup universe that was happening in the next room over. And then me there with my teeny tiny baby nursing him. Yeah. And that was sort of, I guess, my life at that time. <laughs> right, right. Wow. Yeah. And the tension, I can imagine kind of the tension between those two kind of worlds, almost like. Yeah. Where do you want to pull, be? Pulling, where do you identify? Yeah, you in, 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 in very, very different directions. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you could go back to, to new first time mom, what do you think you'd want her to know? as she kind of embarks on the beginning of her feeding journey? Oh gosh, I think, well, I mean, it's impossible, right? Cause you never know, you, you can never know any more than you did at the time. But with that caveat, I think that I would wanna, to tell that first time mom to ask for specific help, mm -hmm. to tell my husband, I need you to go find me a lactation consultant, to ask, you know, in-laws to order me pizza three nights a week, but just to get very specific help so that I would know what was coming and would be able to really get what I needed. 
Yeah, that's good. That's good advice. That's really good advice. Wow, thanks, Yael. This was amazing. I mean, I have so many more questions and I want to ask you so much more, but um, this was really, I'm really um, honored that you, that you shared these stories with us. My pleasure. Um, I think I wish that this was something that I'd known that people could talk about, you know, before I ever started having kids. Yeah. Because I'm just like, say a little bit more about that because you think that it would have, it would have opened up the topic and, and cause I know that that's very much how I felt. I felt like nobody was sharing stories and therefore I didn't even know kind of what to expect. I just knew that I, I felt like yeah. to breastfeed, but that was it. Yeah. I knew that it was something, I knew that breastfeeding was something that was important, but I didn't know why I, and most if even the technical things, I was just surprised by basically every stage of the breastfeeding. I was surprised at the way that my breasts felt. I was surprised at leaking. I didn't know that your boobs would do that. And, and I, all the pictures of me with my first kid, like I'm just dripping down my shirt. I didn't even know, you know, my boobs went, got a size smaller after I finished breastfeeding. And that was a huge shocker to me. I was not prepared for that. It was smaller for me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure if I have yeah. any more kids, they're going to be innies at this point. Like there's <laughs> nothing left. I, I don't know, like every single part of it, the biting, the, the chafed nipples, the what to do with it. It was like a secret. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, that, that totally resonates with me. That's exactly how I felt. And I, I remember feeling almost angry that my mom didn't say anything, you know, like she didn't share any kind of struggles or challenges or, and I was like, why, where's the sisterhood of motherhood? Like, why aren't we sharing this stuff? Like, prepare me. So yeah, I mean, we know now to share about birth and that every birthing story is so different. And like, there's like this, you know, pact of secrecy when it comes to, to breastfeeding. And everything also, I mean, for me also, I think that like also the idea that it's all different. Like I've had three kids and they've all been so different. I even went to a birth, a birth class between my second and third because I figured, okay, whatever I learned then, either it's not relevant or it's different. I learned that there were different like processes that happened from, for the first birth than for like subsequent births. But if you're on your first birth and birthing class and everybody's the same, they don't ever tell you these things. Right. Um, and so like all of these things about how it's going to change, how is it going to change when you're older? Like my first kid was born when I was 22 and now I'm, my third kid was born when I was 32. That was a huge difference. Right. Right. Yeah. It's totally true. It's totally true. So, although I don't know if I, if I did a good enough job of, uh, you know, preparing my own sister for, <laughs> for I'm her sure you did. So I'm sure you did. I find it hard to believe that you didn't. Um, but I do, I do want to just touch on because, because you are a scientist, I am curious in terms of, you know, I feel like we, we think a lot about the choices of feeding and we get caught up in kind of like, this is the best option. This is the best option. And then we kind of lose sight that, that there are other alternatives and they may be just as good. Just wondering in terms of, was that, was, was there a kind of, um, like a scientific 
um, reason that you kind of held back on formula or, or, or that you were adamant at the beginning on, on breastfeeding and, and decided that that was your choice or like, where did, I guess, the mm. science kind of play a factor when you decided? Um, Interesting. Yeah. So no, I don't think, I mean, I will say as a scientist, the way that I, I ev everyone is hypocritical and everyone is bad at managing risks and n nobody is is scientific about their own lives. I try to read um, whatever the primary research is about whatever I'm trying to make a decision about and um, look at a lot of different sources. And um, I try to use scientific understanding to, to understand what, you know, what does the statistics mean? What does this data mean that we're looking at? So I definitely try to use that. As far as feeding, everything I've ever, you know, read and seen, there are some really nifty things that breast milk gives, but I was never worried about giving formula. Mm. It was a complete emotional thing. Like I'm right. a fail. I'm the kind of person who can do everything. I can bake pies. I can build tables. I can make everything like, gosh, darn it. I should be able to feed my kid. Like that is a failure if I can't do anything. It had nothing to do. I would tell everybody else in the universe, you know, fed is best. Take care of your kid. Take care of your emotional state. I definitely didn't do that for myself because I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> No, but, but, but it's interesting because I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I think you're touching on something that it's not that you're a hypocrite. I think that we have been, you know, the messaging has been kind of um, very clear to us, especially first time moms, but, but not just that this is kind of the first standard and, you know, this will define us. And we've kind of bought into that and we've let it, you know, almost consume us. We lose kind of sight. At least that's how I felt. I, I, I felt like, like you said, if I don't breastfeed, I am not a good mom. And that's, yeah. just, I mean, also I mean, there's not, there's not much else going on with the baby at that point though. Right. Like that's what you're doing for the baby is you're feeding them. Right. And, and, and that's more or less it. They're pretty boring. So right. Right. <laughs> that's really how you true. define your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's really true. Yeah. Until you kind of realize, oh, well, actually I'm not like, I'm not functioning because I'm so, you know, exhausted and da da da. So my baby isn't actually getting the best of me because I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah. I, I personally wasn't able to, to produce enough milk. And so it took me a while to realize like, oh, actually I'm, I'm, I'm failing at feeding and I'm also failing at kind of nurturing. Right. But it's hard to get to that place where you can see it because you're so stuck inside it. It's really hard to get it. I also, I didn't even mention, but it reminds me that my baby had a tongue tie, which, which I looked at a lot of research and a lot of information and it wasn't actually clear if, you know, snipping the, um, the, what's it called under the tongue is improves breastfeeding outcomes. It's really unclear. And it was really hard to make a decision on what to do with that because it wasn't some obvious answer that was going to fix my baby, make it easier for him to breastfeed. Right. Right. Uh, it was bizarre. It was like in some doctor's office in Nebrak and it took two seconds and it was just so weird and it didn't help at all, oh, wow. <laughs> at least for him and me. Yeah. 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 I hope that, you know, new moms or kind of, um, um, veteran moms kind of hear these stories and, and, some of it resonates with them and, and, and we start sharing and talking about these things more openly. So thank um, you. Thank, thank you. you Bye.